Jesus Man. Christ, you people suck. Wow. is episode 690 for March 7th, 2022. And on the show this week, we have Drew. Yep, I'm here. We got the Wombat 2. Hey, yo. And a new reporter calling in from Bosnia. Welcome, Anthony. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of gunfire, but nice on this nice uh, episode number. You got any bubble wrap you can pop? Uh, No. I'm out of power. uh... That's true. You can't see the bubble wrap because you're just sitting in a dark room. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, So video games are a thing we're going to talk about this week. There's there's a lot of them to talk about, I'm sure. Um, We got we got hot games coming in. (laughs) We can't talk about zero hour zero hour games. (laughs) We can't even talk about because we ain't done downloading them yet. God damn it. I'm going to be so excited to see the, 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 the conversation tomorrow. Because I wonder if anybody, because I don't know, like, I got an email on Friday saying, hey, those codes are coming in. We'll have them before Monday. And then, boom, they show up Sunday afternoon. So Yeah, you got to yeah. give as little time as possible before the embargo. Yeah, you figure it takes everybody at least an hour to download it, and then they're like, oh, the day one patch will launch when the game does. Oh, cool. Cool. Anyway, yeah, we'll talk about that next week when you have some time to spend with it. But Drew, we'll start with you. All right. So a few things. Um, I uh, have uh, been playing Yakuza Four for Phoenix Down. Um, originally, I didn't really care for that game much because you weren't playing as Kiryu. You eventually start playing as Kiryu, and. Uh, I have to give it to them. They have kind of, you know, there's four protagonists in this game and the way they're kind of intertwining these characters and the end works really well. Everything's kind of coming together. I haven't finished it just yet, but, uh, yeah, we're going to try and finish that up for this week. Um, and then the next game is for is control and, uh, I'll be jumping into it. Uh, and I've already asked Matt, would he be willing to do the DLCs for Control? So, looks like we're doing all of Control, not not just the main story. Hmm. And uh, the other game I have been playing uh, for review is a game called Monster Crown. Oh yeah, I forgot I sent you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't. Uh, Monster Crown is a very cheap ripoff of Pokemon. Oh, wow. 
Oh, is that what that was? I, you must have cut out for a second there. Is that the? Is, oh, is that the one that looks like an old Game Boy game? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And while I don't want to make it sound like I'm not enjoying my time with it, it is the most middle of the ground game I've played in a long time. I mean, I'll be fair. Most of the Pokemon ripoffs are that. Yeah. The, I the think weird thing. Harsh. Is this one not trying to go for like the, um, like original Pokemon though? So like, I feel like part of that is the fact that they're probably trying for the original Pokemon audience that hasn't liked a Pokemon game in. I mean, yeah, amount of time. Yeah, this game definitely feels like Red and Blue more than it does any kind of modern Pokemon game. Um, it's weird because they they try to. They try to differentiate, differentiate themselves a little bit because there's there's like a combo system in the game. So uh, you build a meter. It's called a synergy meter where if you start a battle, you can pull out a monster and then put a new one in. So you can carry eight monsters in this game at a time. And uh, by switching out monsters and having monsters defend, you're actually building up a gauge and if you fill it all the way up, or there's like, there's like four sections of the gauge, and each each section, the the next attack you do will be more powerful, essentially. So you kind of like set up, uh, you see what kind of type the monster is you're fighting against, and then you you chain switching and defending, switching and defending, almost like bravely default in that sense, like giving up giving up a turn to then do a more powerful turn the next time. And it works. It works pretty well. Um, the problem with the game, especially early on, I, I don't experience it now that I'm I'm a little bit deeper in. But at the very beginning of that game, that game is grindy as hell. Um, it, it, you like you, you the first boss you run into, you, you'll get decimated if you're not like grinding really hardcore. Um, but once you get further on in the game, they explain a few more things to you. The game has a hard time explaining things to you, it seems like, or they they try to like hold it back until you get later on. And it's okay. Uh the the design of the monsters are okay. Um they don't have the same kind of typical types in a Pokemon game, like, you know, fire, grass, water, that kind of thing. They have like weird things like like unstable type and and yeah, ferocious type and and they and this rock paper scissors like this beats this this beats that um but it's it's hard to keep up with that stuff like oh it's an unstable type well, what the fuck this beats unstable i can't remember you know uh but they they do have references that you can look at in the menus for that kind of thing so how do you catch um, the monsters so instead of throwing out a pokeball and capturing them, you're actually making them agree with you. You form a <laughs> you you form a pact with the monster, kind of like how you do in Persona. I was gonna say like kind of like Persona when you like uh, haggle with the demons. Yeah, uh, this is no real haggle. You beat the beat them to a pulp and you make them sign a contract. <laughs> Who are you, Crowley? Ida. That's that's exactly what you do. You beat them up and then literally it's like a scroll. And it's like they're reading it, and they oh say he agreed to join your team. I was like, "Cool, sign on um, the dotted line, bitch." Yep. And then they join your team. Uh, another really th- different thing with this game is that so, like in Pokemon, they had breeding, but you can only breed two of the same monster. And uh, this one, you can crossbreed and basically create your own version of a monster. Oh shit! 
Yeah, it's it, it, it's kind of intricate, and and certain things will cross over, like the certain moves will will change to different monsters. There, but there's there's just a there's just a a a cheapness to this game. I feel like it, it's weird. It's like a Sometimes it controls a little funny. The menus are confusing at times. Like, it, like ha- handling the menus in this game was like it's, it's, it's borderline nightmare because there's like different levels. So you start, you press the start menu, and you have your regular menu, and then you can go choose a certain section. Then it brings up another box. It's almost like you're opening up a, a, a crap ton of windows on a PC, and I was like, oh god, how do I get back to that previous window? It's hmm. it's um. It's weird how they handle that stuff. And then there is that, that sense of, uh, you don't really know where to go. You don't, they're not going to tell you what to do. You get an overall, like, all right, you need to take this to the king. Okay. Got it. Uh, how, where's the king? <laughs> Fucking find it, buddy. You know, it's, it's not like, it, it's not straightforward as, as a Pokemon, a standard Pokemon game would be. So it feels, it feels almost like a cross between a, a old school Pokemon game and maybe like a old school, just regular RPG, kind of like the old, the old Dragon Quest games or something like that, where you're just kind of open to go and, and, and figure stuff out. Um, and it's weird because it's, it, this, this world is like partially modern, but partially, so you have a king and you live in a kingdom. And there's, you know, towns and villages, but then there's also, you run into like these like, what look like 1920s gangsters running around. And I'm just like, what is this weird ass world? Which then again, the first Pokemon game was kind of like that too. I had to look it up to see who built this game. It's a studio called Studio Aurum. They've made two games. And what was the other game? Cyrilim 3. Never heard of it. Me either. The only hmm. two games I see listed under their studio. Gotcha. They're relatively new. Their first game was in 2018. Okay. And Monster I mean, Crowd is... is actually two years old. This is like just the release of it on, I guess, console. On Xbox. Yeah. Well, it was on Switch, I believe. Okay. Previously. So maybe this is like Xbox and PlayStation or just Xbox. I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah, it's, I'm playing the Xbox version. It's okay. It's 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 not... It's not egregious. It's not. It's not bad. It's just kind of standard. Like I, I don't know what else to, how else to describe it. It's not. It's not horrible by any means. Uh, it, but it, it's definitely not. It doesn't have that hook that Pokemon does. You know. Well, I think There's the hook. I think the hook for these games is that there is no Pokemon on PlayStation or PC or Xbox. Yeah. So like, whenever they make one of these, they're going to get talked about because well. All these other all these other consoles and game machines want a Pokemon. Yeah, and I mean this is about as best as you're gonna get because honestly, the other ripoff Pokemon game I've ever played was Robopon, which was absolutely horrible. You should play Nexomon. That one's actually not bad. Okay. There's two of those, I think. Gotcha. And this game, like this game, is like quote more mature like you wouldn't let your kids play this game people die in this game i mean people die in games my kids play but is there it's like i think the kids thing is like is is there fucking or is there gore uh no there's no gore but like uh, so the first kind of like big boss of the game so you don't have many trainer fights like you do the, i think they're called tamers instead of trainers in this game <laughs> 
but you don't find many tamer fights. Like I've only had like two or three and I'm probably about four hours in this game. Uh, you mainly just fight random, like wild monsters in the world. But when you do have a tamer fight, typically it's like a boss fight, but then there's also wild boss fights as well. Um, but yeah, the first big boss fight, there's this dude who's like the mayor of this, the first town you run into and he's like screwing over his, his citizens. And so you have a fight with him and then he's like, well, you're not going to, you're not going to take me down. He jumps on a boat and then starts rowing away. And then these monsters come out of the, the water and just kill him. Like straight up, like they come up out of the water, pull the boat under. And then there's like slowly a red splotch in the water. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> this dude just fucking died. Okay. All right. <laughs> And I'm just, and you know they'll, they'll curse, they call people bastards and stuff like that. And I'm just like, this is definitely not <laughs> geared toward the Pokemon audience. <laughs> I guess it's geared towards the Pokemon audience that grew up maybe with the original Pokemon. Probably, probably. So it's like I said, it's not. I don't think it's bad. Um, it's kind of just standard. It feels like a standard RPG, if we're being honest. It's a standard turn-based RPG. They've got a few mechanics in there that that are interesting and 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 seem to work pretty well. Um, but I, you know how much they're charging for this skin? I think it's thirty bucks. Wow, I, I don't think. know about that now. Sure. I, I would say I would say nineteen ninety nine would be about as good as I'd go. Trying to find it on the store. Uh yeah, twenty nine nine nine. Mm. I'd wait for a price drop if I'm being honest. I mean, it's an indie game; it'll go on sale. Sure, twenty bucks. You could have some. You have a good amount of time with this for twenty bucks. I I I still don't know what I'm gonna give it, but yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's 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 decent. So maybe six something. All right. Yeah. Uh, played that, uh, a little bit more Titan Quest, just <laughs> bumming around in it. Um, like Titan Quest, Titan Quest, like the yeah. old game? Like the actual Titan Quest, yes, Titan Quest, Titan Quest. Wow, okay. I, I'm playing the Xbox version. The, the, the remaster, yeah, whatever. Got the remaster edition. And, um, I bought the DLCs on cheap, and, uh, I want to just play through that. It's, it's kind of like game. my, you know, yeah, it's, it's a great game. Yeah, it's, it's it's a it's one of those mindless, you know, loot games. Go around, just kill a bunch of dudes and get loot. Um, I don't think there's anything else. I'm trying to imagine. Like I've I've kind of been in a little bit of a slump lately. Yeah, I hate those. I'll get I'll get home and be like, eh, and just kind of either scroll through my phone or. Or play with my cat, because he's meowing constantly. Fucking phone scrolling has ruined so much shit in my life. No. I hate it. I don't know, maybe I need to just, like, start Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and that'll be my game I play. I mean, there nothing wrong with that. I know. I've I've beat Origins, I need to go to Odyssey, but I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see. I think maybe Control will pull me out of that slump. Oh, Control is so good. Once you start playing that, you'll you'll get out of your slump. That game is just oh so good. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, it's one of the few games I beat twice in 
God, I can't tell you how long. Love that game. Did you beat both the DLCs? I beat the first one. I did not do the Alan Wake one. I, I really okay. keep meaning to go back and do it. It's it's weird because you can do it whenever in the game. Um, so be careful not to stumble on it when you're playing because you can just find it. Okay. But, yeah, I did the first one. The first one ends crazy, uh, but for the most part, it's not super great. So Keep that in mind. All right. Anything else? No, nah, I think I think that's it. All right. I'll uh, I'll reach over to Anthony over there on his telephono. It, it was Assassin's Creed Origins. I, I mean, what, at this point, like it's it's, it's sad. It's um, sad. It's a good game. Great I, game. I finished. I finished the main story. I like that the ending is not a and everything. Everybody lived happily ever after, except for the people right. that died. Um, I like the fact that it is a bittersweet ending. Um, I like that, like, um, I don't know, this game just really feels like it pays off on everything that they built up in, like, Assassin's Creed 2. You get to fight guys that are actually using the powers of the artifacts. Um, and I have moved on to the DLC. I started with the Hidden Ones. Um... And, like, that is the early days of the Brotherhood. And I was like, okay, neat. And some stuff from the main story uh, kind of carries over into the DLC really well. And I was like, that's really smart. Like, this is a really smart, well-done game. Um, And I know that seems a little weird to say because it's like, well... Is uh, the other Ubisoft games not smart? And it's like not not like this, not not as well handled as as Origins is. Um, and I speak more about like Far Cry and stuff. Like Far Cry games, I end up playing for a bit. I'm really into it. Something else comes along, I lose all interest. Um, and Origins, it's like I've only wanted to play Origins. I only wanted to know more about the story and I think part of it is still the the fact that the main character is likable um and I'm not I, I'm not shitting on Ezio but I, I never felt the same way about Ezio as everybody else seems to um so yeah I've been playing a lot of that uh, and uh that's that's basically it because it's just been right now it's a time to, it's just me trying to get any time to sit down and play a video game really so I'm done. Now move on to the Wombat. All right. Well, I haven't been on in weeks. Uh, And, of course, I use that time to not play any video games. (laughs) Um, I was out of town uh, and then out of town again. And so now I'm back, but I haven't played much of anything. So I played... Oh man, I'll say an hour and a half of Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far, but again, I'm only an hour and a half in. Um, so there's not really a whole lot for me to talk about. It's, uh, it's more Horizon, which is perfect for me because I love the first game. So, um, we'll see, you know, how the rest of it goes, but I'm, I'm pretty confident I'll end up really enjoying it. Yeah, this is this is the most U.S. U game I've played in a long time. 
<laughs> you, you're gonna love it. That's that could be. Uh, you could describe the first Horizon that way as well. Well, this one's uh, like this one's that one on steroids. So you're good. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm excited to dive deeper into it. Um, I played uh, just some other stuff. Uh, small time. Uh, like I, I played some more um, Retro Bowl because it's easy to play when I'm on lunch at work. Um, I love that game on mobile. I haven't I haven't bought the Switch version, um, but I may have to end up picking that up too. Um I played yesterday, um we had some friends come over, we played some Mario Kart eight. Uh I wish that the new tracks were available, but they're not available yet, so it's still all the yeah, stuff. I can't wait for these new tracks. When the first pack is well April? For, no, I think the first pack is the eighteenth. Of this month? I think so, yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. That's what I read yesterday, about two weeks from now. Let me... Here, hold on, I'll tell you. I need I need some new Mario Kart 8 tracks. Oh, sure. Deluxe DLC. Um, I'm ready for those. Let's I know see. they put a cadence on them. I just don't remember what it was. I, for some reason, I swore it was April, but maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm ready for those now. Yeah, let's see. Um, this says 18th March. Yep. Oh, yes. That first wave of eight courses comes out on the 18th of March. Eight new includes, courses. Oh. Yeah, includes Chaco Mountain from Mario Kart 64 and Coconut Hall from Mario Kart Wii. Subsequent waves are expected to launch periodically until the end of 2023. First wave of eight courses. So, yeah. so, so are they just putting out two courses on the 18th? No, eight courses. There's 48 courses and six. 48 courses and six waves of eight. Ah, oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, eight courses. Oh fuck yeah! Mario Kart is about to go back into rotation, baby. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I was, the the I I forget how great that game is until you play it again. Um, but yeah, it's sublime. Um. And then I played, so it's, there's, um, we've got a little bit of Kirby fever in this house, um, with the excitement around the new game coming in a couple weeks. So, um, my son and I started going back through, um, uh, why the hell can't I remember the name of it? Star Allies, Kirby Star Allies. Um, so we've started playing that again co-op, uh, while we're waiting for the new Kirby game to come out. So Kirby's the goat in our house. Um, we, this is the Kirby loving house with no shame. And so we are both incredibly excited for the 25th, uh, for the new game to come out. I know you didn't play it, but I'm shocked that Drew or Anthony had, did not check out that Kirby demo. Yeah, I'm, I'm withholding. I, I, I already know I'm buying it. So I'm just saving myself for the full. It, full it literally, I I was planning on getting it, but it only took me like five minutes playing the demo. I was like, all right, I'm fucking in. All right, I was gonna get it anyway, so I was like, I'm not gonna waste my time with the demo. Does the um, demo carry? It's valuable. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know. If it does, I so, might uh, go back and finish it. Because, yeah, her- but, sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's partially because like Nintendo isn't always 
good at carrying over progression. And like, as I said, time, I'm just like, I'm just going to get the game. So why am I going to waste my time with a demo that's just going to be a part of it? If it was its own experience, then yes, but like, it's just going to be a cut of the game. So yeah, if it continues, I'm already in. Yeah, if it continues, I'll go back and finish it. If not, the five minutes was enough because like, I literally just booted it up. I'm like, there's a couple questions I have. I know I want to play it, but I want to know kind of what the structure is and does it run well? And I can answer that both of those things are awesome. So I'm good. The uh, Kirby is so um, Kirby is in the select group of franchises for me that every single entry gets a purchase. So um, there's no there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to be buying it on the 25th. So I have a question for you with you you being the Kirby. Yes. Did you play that free to play thing? Which free to play thing? The like. Uh, the, fighting, the battle one? Yeah, the battle yeah. one? Yeah. I did not like that. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of that one. There's a there's one that's kind of like it on uh 3DS as well that I'm not as much a fan of. Um but it's there there's a, a mode in Star Allies that's also a little bit similar to that, but um yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that. I like um the Kirby platformers. Like that's I'm not even a huge fan of like uh, what's the Kirby game on Wii U? Rainbow something where you draw. Oh yeah, the, that thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. They they unfortunately Rainbow, they what Rainbow was, Curse, I believe. That might be it. Yeah, because Canvas Curse is the first one. I believe it's Rainbow Curse. Yeah, I think you're right. I um, never liked those either. That that is the I liked Star Stacker. I like well, Kirby Pinball is great. Yeah, um, Kirby I like the one where. Good. I like the one where it's like uh, Breakout with Kirby. The fucking um, golf one is the best. The the what's uh, that? Dream Course. Dream yeah, Course Dream on Course. Super Nintendo. That game is uh, yeah. fucking. It's a great game. You know, there's there's a lot of good Kirby spinoffs, and I like the fact that he's kind of the experimental character right. that they'll do stuff with. Um, but yeah, the the battle one sucked, and I've people love Canvas Curse. Man, I do not get it. But I mean, I'm glad people that liked it got a sequel. Unfortunately, it was on the Wii U. Yeah. It'll never um, switch. No. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm so I I I love the the platforming Kirby's. I should specialize uh, specify. There are some of the the um non-platformers that I do like as well, but generally speaking it's the platformers that are uh awesome. And really my favorite one is uh Kirby's Epic Yarn. That game is one of my favorite games of all time. It's just an awesome game. Uh, and it helped inspire Yoshi's Woolly World and Yoshi's Crafted World as well, which are also both excellent games. So I wish I liked those uh, games more. I never could get into the yarn or the the Yoshi games. And I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for those games. I'm I mean, a sucker for cool. I love the name of the company that makes those. It's uh, I can see the logo in my head, but I can't remember who it is now. Good feel. What? Good feel. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. The um. But yeah, I'm uh. I'm excited for the new Kirby. Yeah, it's. it's and I hope really it has good. Meta Knight in it somewhere. I'm sure. I'm confident it will. But. I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, come. Yeah, they on. should make a. They should make a gritty Meta Knight. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, spinoff. Oh man. 
but anyway, the um, uh, yeah. So other than that, um, I haven't really played anything else. Um, so am I am I allowed to say what the game is, Ken? That we just got today. Well, I mean, by the time this goes live, it'll be oh, the embargo will the be embargo over, will right? be up. So I'd assume yeah. it's fine. Yeah. So I I did get the code to review um, WWE 2K22 today. Um, obviously, as Ken just said, the, the embargo's up now. As you're listening to the show, we will not, <laughs> surprise, spoiler, what? have a review in time for a embargo. Um, I expect you to do nothing but play that game for the next, like, 12 hours and then write your review before 6 in the morning. Well, well listen, it's a big wrestling day today because AEW Revolution is tonight as well. So, um, but, uh, no, the, the, uh, I do intend to, uh, to put some time into it and, um, hopefully I'll, I should be able to at least have some impressions tomorrow that maybe I'll share on Twitter, um, some early stuff while, while I'm working on the review. But, um, yeah, so it's the, um, NWO for Life Edition is the code that we got, so I'll be able to review um, the NWO content, the Undertaker content, and the the Legends uh, as well. In addition to the the new modes and everything, and I mean, what everybody wants to know is is how it plays and how it's how it performs. So that's what I'm most curious about as well. Um, yeah, so I know oh. we do know based on notes from the team there that they sent along with the review copy that there's a big day one patch for uh the early access folks to uh well today morning as you are listening to this podcast but tomorrow morning for us um so uh, i should be able to have some pre and post patch impressions um but yeah i'm looking forward to giving that a shot i'm looking forward to this week on twitter where i see all the videos of that game yeah. Well, you know what's actually so this may be um 2K uh probably probably wouldn't like me talking about this right after their game, but um the there's a um there was a note from Tony Khan and Kenny Omega, I think it was last week that they hoped to have some more information to share about the AEW video game for tonight at the pay-per-view. So Oh wow. Um, that's that's called any, timing. Yeah. If any uh if any information come out or comes out about that game uh, tonight, obviously I'll share on Twitter uh, for anybody that's not watching the pay per view. But um, yeah, the um, I'm looking forward to that one for sure because they've got the right team uh, working on that it's a combination of Ukes and um, uh, the the creative head from uh, the Aki Games. So. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one a lot. Hopefully, get to see some more footage of that. What they've shown so far has looked pretty good. It's a little more arcadey than the WWE stuff, and they've they've said you know that they don't have the production budget that the WWE games have, which I don't think anybody expected. Um, so it probably won't look as good. But that's not really what I care about, considering Fire Pro is one of my favorite wrestling games, and it looks like a 16-bit game still. So, and considering that the WWE games have a huge budget and still look like fucking shit. Yeah, well, the entrances, I will say, so what I've seen, the clips that I've seen, and I'll know for myself a little bit later, the clips that I've seen of the entrances look pretty good. Um, but it's once the game starts actually moving that it usually creates problems. So um, once they have to take user input into consideration. So we'll see. I'm, uh, I'm sure that there will be 
hundreds of impressions on that game uh, starting tomorrow, not just from professional reviewers, but um, there's the, the, the like I, I was talking about off air, the um, the WWE games tend to attract a lot of content creators. And so there have been a lot of people anticipating this one since there wasn't a game last year. So um, I'm sure there'll be a ton of gifts and clips and everything else posted tomorrow. So, yeah, I'd imagine. Anyhow, that's um, that's it for me this week. It'll just be WWE and then hopefully a little bit more Horizon. Um, and um, that's really it. I've been I, I I really so let me ask: Is anybody on the podcast playing Elden Ring? I know nobody mentioned it today, but I am. You are okay. <laughs> I am. I'm, I don't have any desire. All right. Well, I'll let Ken. I'll Ken. I'll let you talk about Elden Ring, but. Um, there, there's a big part of me that wants to play that. Um, but then I think, uh, you got too much stuff to play already. And, um, the last, um, several FromSoft games that you started, you never even got close to finishing. So, um, maybe if I get, uh, really, really craving that, I'll just play like Dragon's Dogma or something on my Switch. Um, (laughs) to uh, maybe scratch that itch just a little bit. But eventually I will play that game, um, just like the, uh, the other ones. Those games tend to be games that I buy and then never finish. I mean, uh, yeah, or, I, I yeah. own every FromSoft game. I've never finished one. Yeah, the, the only so the only two I don't own are, well, the only two I haven't owned, I'll say, are Dark Souls 2 and 3. I don't have the first Dark Souls anymore. I used to have it, but I don't have it anymore. Um but I have obviously the first Demon Souls from reviewing it, and then uh, Bloodborne they gave away for free. Sekiro I bought, the Demon Souls remake I bought. Um, so I'm I'm super intrigued by it, um, and I'm I'm I guarantee I'll pick it up eventually. But um, it's just not something I can slot into my rotation right now with everything else that's coming. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Play a FromSoft game instead of a Kirby game? Give me a break. <laughs> Kirby is the FromSoft game. Is the Dark Souls of Nintendo? <laughs> the Dark Souls of Nintendo. Yeah. yeah, we we joke, but like the end bosses of Kirby games kind of look like Dark Souls enemies. Well, and you know what's funny is like the it's it's perfect for a new Kirby game to release this close to a FromSoft game because the Kirby games are like the complete opposite of everything that uh, the FromSoft games stand for because they're usually almost comically easy. Um, but I love them because they're fun. So, see, people can have fun playing games that aren't balls hard. Huh? What are you talking about? That's not true. <laughs> anyway, that's it for me. All right. Uh, before I get into the big games, I'll run through the indie games real quick. Um, Music Racer Ultimate. Um, imagine Guitar Hero, where you don't have to press a button. You're driving a Lamborghini, and the highway has hills that go left, right, up, and down. That sounds awesome. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I don't know what the point of this game is. So, the problem with the hills going up and down, left and right, is that the camera is so close to the car, you can't see where the things are you're supposed to hit. And it's more like Pac-Man. Like you don't have to press a button in the timing; you just have to drive over it. And I've noticed that, like, sometimes the notes are so close together on the three lanes 
they're like, you'll hop over to the left lane, and there'll be one in the middle lane almost simultaneously. So I'm like, how am I supposed to hit both of those? Um, and then when the music speeds up, the car is going so fast that I can't see which lane I need to be in. So it, it's almost like it's a vomit of neon on your screen that's almost impossible to see what you're doing. And if if there's somebody out there who's ever full combo... Dude, I did like the first few levels, which are supposed to kind of like you be your introduction to the mechanics of this game levels, and I couldn't even get 50% of the notes. <laughs> so... I don't know. That game is... I didn't walk away with from it going, oh man, I can't wait to do this again and get better at it. I was like, oh, I don't think I'll ever do that again. So... Um, Gunborg Dark Matters is a left to right side scrolling platformer with action, like you can shoot. Um, it's one of those games where you aim with the right stick to shoot your bullets. It's got a really nice art style, um, and the controls feel good. Like you jump with the left trigger, which you do in most, you know, right stick aiming side scrolling games. I don't know, it just, it just didn't hook me. Like, it, it's fine, it's it's kind of like how Drew described Monster Crown, it's kind of there. It's okay, but it's not something that I would get excited to play again. Uh, Balotron is a weird game where you're, it's one of those where you pull back on something and hit something else with it, and the objective is to hit the ball into the other ball, so it's kind of like a, a geometry style game, where you got to figure out the best angle to hit something towards something else. Um... It's okay. And I played Martha is Dead, finally. Um, I didn't know that's what that game was. So, it's one of those games where you don't actually move. You just press a button to go somewhere. And not like a point and click, but almost like a... It's taking place... Visual novel? Kind of, but there's no, like, no. dialogue choices. It's interactive. So I'll just give you kind of like a rundown. So the game is really, it is really, like, macabre. It's really dark. And I've heard that that on a higher-end PC, like, the face-cutting sequence looks a lot better. So the face-cutting sequence I saw must have been on a low-end PC. Yeah, the game is beautiful. Like, I'm running it on Series X, and it looks amazing. But it really is one of those games where you're literally just pressing a button and pressing a direction to do the action that you see, and that includes walking somewhere. So, like, at one point I was trying to rescue this girl that was drowning in the lake, and all I had to do was hold LB and push forward on the left stick one time, and then she ran to the lake and grabbed the person. That's how it happens in real life, too. Yeah, I know. I did that yesterday when I had to go to the store. I just held down the RB and pulled the right trigger. I was good. Made it. But it is very, very, like, disturbing. Um, also, worth noting, it's all in Italian. So, like, all the voice dialogue is all done in Italian and there are subtitles. So. But... I I really didn't know it was one of those games where, like, you're not actually... I thought it was going to be, like, a first-person adventure game where you're walking around, interacting with things, but you really don't walk around. At least at least not in the, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes of it that I played. So. 
Uh, and I booted up 35mm, it didn't have an invert um, aiming option, and then it like was running at like 4 frames a second, so I was like, you know what, I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> if, you, if you don't have enough respect for your own game, I'm not going to have respect to play it, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I play so many of these indie games that like when you're missing essential things, and then your game kind of runs like dog shit, I just don't have time for it, so I was just done. Alright, uh, some big games I played. I'll start with Shadow Warrior 3. That game... It, that that whole series, the new Shadow Warriors, feel like a really weird trajectory. So that first game was like really long and really complex, and it had like a bunch of like... If you remember playing Twisted Metal 2, how you had to do like button combos to shoot missiles? Yep. Yeah. So Shadow Warrior 1 was like that. You had to do like this button combo to refill your health. Like you had to... Oh yeah, the sword fucking thing too. Like yeah. You had to attack with the sword, you had to like... Um, and, and on the... It, the best version to play, I think, was like the PS4, because all of it was done on the touchpad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just like an easy swipe essentially. But yeah, you had to like... Oh yeah, no. So th- it's weird, because then the second game was randomly generated with random loot. Yeah, it was Borderlands. Yeah, so it was... Essentially. It, and, and, like, all the levels were randomly generated, too. Like, all the enemy placement and stuff, it was just weird. Like, there was too much shit. Like, it was it was a game that, again, vomits all over the screen, and then you're just trying to figure it out. The third one is essentially Doom. It's simple. It's quick, it has glory kills, it's funny. Like, this is the game Shadow Warrior should have been when it was rebooted. This game is really good. Um, there's only one of each weapon. They're all unique. Like, it's combat arena, so like when you get there, boom, the thing closes off, you fight all these enemies, you move on to the next one. Um, you do get some, like, chi attacks, but they're not overly complicated. The skill tree is very small and, and simple. Um... It plays and feels really good. It looks great, and the dialogue is hilarious. Like, you get the grappling hook early on, and this is hilarious. As soon as he gets the grappling hook, he starts singing the Spider-Man song as he's grappling the first time, which is hilarious. And then later in the game, um, if you've played the other games, the, the little mask that talks to you, he, with the first time you do the grappling hook, when you get him back, he's like, "Holy cow, you got a grappling hook!" And Lo Wang's like, "Yeah, everybody's got one now. It's the it's the hip thing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the dialogue is so on point, it's so good, and this game is so fun. I've heard it's really like streamlined. It's like six to seven hours campaign. Like this was the game that Shadow Warrior should have been. It felt like it stumbled to get where it needed to be, and now it's finally there. So. Uh, I also been playing a lot of Gran Turismo 7, so we got code late, so I didn't get a chance to review it before the embargo. I think I got the code like two or three days before embargo was up, and while while not, you know, 12 hours before embargo, it was still too short for me to write a review for a game this big. Um, Gran Turismo 7 is really good. It, it feels like... I almost feel like, and I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like Gran Turismo disappeared for a long time after A-Spec. Like, Gran Turismo was on top of the world, 1, 2, and 3 were such great games, and then, like, the PS3 era happened, and that series got weird, and it wasn't as good, and I don't know, it just, it didn't feel like 1, 2, and 3 to me until now. Like, 7 feels like it's going back to that 
Uh, it's got a really good car progression. Um, you know, going through the different license tests and the different races. Uh, as I was telling Drew and Anthony, though, this game really loves the smell of its own farts. Well, yeah. Seems like that series kind of is like that. This game starts with a 10-minute intro that you cannot skip. And it is literally like the first part of the intro feels like the intro to Cheers. Where it's like showing like a bunch of old-timey footage with like, you know, this game is directed by this person. And And then it goes into like, like I thought the intro was over, but then it goes into a second part of the intro where it's just showing cars racing for like another four minutes. And dude, I tried to skip it, but the first time you boot it, you have to watch it. You have to. And I know yeah, you think I'm being cool. facetious. I sent the YouTube video to Anthony and Drew. It's eight minutes. Eight Yeah, that's crazy. Minutes. Luckily you can skip it after that. Um But it it's so it has it kind of structures like sport where it's got this big um uh, map view where you go to the different spots. Uh, the cafe is where you'll get, like, your mission. So it'll be like, oh, we need you to collect three European cars, or we need you to do a license test. Like, you'll get your challenges there. Uh, then you can go to the circuits, and you can pick between, I think it's America, Europe, and Asia. And then in, inside each of those, you've got your different cars, your different tracks. There's also, like, a championship series. And then as you progress through the game, you'll unlock things like the garage, where you can go tune your cars and tweak them. Uh, you open up the dealership where you can go and buy new cars. You can also eventually buy used cars. The weird thing about this game is that everywhere you go, there's some like Adobe stock footage image of a person. Um, and they're going to talk to you, but it's not like in dialogue. Like they don't have voice dialogue. It's just text. So you'll pop into the dealership and they'll be like, Hi, my name's Matt, and I'm here to tell you all about these cars. And then like when you get a car, it'll actually give you like this little rundown of the car. It'll give you the history of the car. So, like, for people like Drew that are into cars, this is really cool. But for yeah, people, this sounds like my jam. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, for people like me, I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck when the fucking Mitsubishi Lancer was made. I don't care. Just let me drive that shit. Um, the actual gameplay itself is really good. It's definitely Gran Turismo, very sim-like. So if you're not into sim games, I mean, don't bother. There's really no reason for you to play this game. This is not a you know, doing fishtails around corners and shit, that just ain't going to happen. The one problem I did have, and I don't know, is this a Gran Turismo thing? Somebody who's played this series more than I have, please tell me, why does the driving line stay one color? Like, in most racing games, you know how the driving line is blue, and then when you're coming to a turn, it turns red or yellow to tell you kind of you need to slow down. The driving line in Gran Turismo is, is all one color. It's like yellowish orange. And you can turn on these assists called break zones, where it puts yeah. this big red thing on the on the track that tells you where you need to break. I gotta tell you, I don't like that nearly as much as like the color driving line that that's kind of dynamic. Like I don't understand the point of the driving line then, other than this is the direction. Which, by the way, I don't ever follow the driving line the way they tell me to. They always tell me like go to the outside. Like, nah, dog, I'm gonna go inside. I'm cool. That's where I need to pass this guy. Yeah, and then you just bump them a little bit. Into them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I use them bit. as the wall as I go around the corner. Yeah, 100%. That's yeah. the way is you do it. Is there damage in this one? 
I mean, there's damage, and then again, you can also set it to be like, does it actually affect you? So, like down at the bottom, you you can see everything. So, like you can see your your gas mileage, you can see how many miles are on the car, you can see like when your tires are going bad, and you can set it to where it doesn't affect your performance, or you can set it to where like if you bump into something, dude, you you're fucked. Like this right. car, but you don't see the damage because Gran Turismo yeah. is still like, we're not going to show you the damage. Right. Which I don't get. Like, they used to make yeah, the excuse... Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. They used to make the excuse, like, the car manufacturers won't let us do that. Bullshit! Yeah, Forza does it. Yeah, Forza does it, so I think the car manufacturers has got a problem with it. Sorry, I had a cough. But yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. it's weird. And and then, like, I don't know if anybody watched that Gran Turismo State of Play, but, like, dude, this game goes up its ass. Like... When the temperature changes on the track, it actually affects the tire pressure. Like, all of that stuff is real and in the game. Like, it's crazy. I mean, that's impressive for, like, a car sim. Absolutely. No, I, I respect the hell out of it. Um, also, you can look at the the weather radar on your heads-up display to see when the weather's going to change based on the time of day you're racing on the track. That's cool. Yeah. No, it's it, that shit is rad. Like, they really did a lot of cool stuff in this game and I respect the hell out of it but like 70% of it is not for me just give me my Nissan Skyline and let me you know race around this track oh, is uh, that what you want you want the Skyline I, that's just the first car that came to mind Drew actually the first car I bought was a Corvette because I had the money Man. for it there you go yeah I mean I've got a lot of other cars because like every race you do you get like a prize car in addition to your earnings. So mm-hmm. I got plenty of cars. I think there's like 480 some odd cars in the game. That's impressive as hell. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, they didn't add the microtransactions into this game until after the reviews went up. That's cool. What's the microtransactions? You can buy the cars. It's oh. real money. And like, I was reading that one of the cars from GT Sport that was like $5 is like $40 in Gran Turismo 7. Wow. Yeah, I was kind of shocked by that. Like, but it's just weird that, like, literally they didn't add the microtransactions until after the embargo for reviews went live. Which I find is it weird? Super shady. I don't call that weird. Yeah, as I say, I call that shady. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I didn't like that weird. at all. I'm glad I did not have enough time to do a review of embargo because I'd have been pissed if I'd have found out they added microtransactions after I wrote a review. Yeah. Like you're leaving out a part of the game that was there on day one. And granted, the game gives you enough shit that you don't need it. Like, it's not required. But don't hide it. Yeah. Dang, I don't yeah, know. it's kind of messed up. Oh, if you like Gran Turismo, you're going to love this. Um, I only played it on PS5. I've heard the PS4 versions are fine. Like, they look good. They're just not as high resolution. There's a lot of less track detail and less car detail, which you're probably not going to notice when you're going super fast, but... And unlike Horizon, Sony didn't buckle and give you the free upgrade, so you gotta pay for this one. So, if you buy it on PS4 for 60 you gotta pay the $10 to upgrade to PS5 whenever you get one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't have time to play another video game right now. I'm gonna tell you, Yeah, great. I know. I'm, I'm super interested in it, but man, I just don't, I'm the same way. I don't have the time. There's too many big games right now. 
Yeah, this we talked about this last year that like February and March was going to be overbearing, and it is really truly overbearing. There it just are sounds like my cup games. of tea, but I can't I pick it up know. later. Drew, it'll go on sale. Maybe it'll go on PlayStation Plus or something at some point. I don't know. I'm glad there's like two games I have interest in, <laughs> and it's Kirby and um, uh, Horizon, and that's it. Hey, it's really easy for me. That that is easy. It's it's kind of funny. Like Horizon feels like a million years ago to me because we got it so early for review, and I've already <laughs> moved on to like five other big games. You know what I mean? It's just, man, it's weird. Speaking of big games, you ain't got time for. I play in a lot of Elden Ring, not as much as like the crazy people online. Like I see people out there like seventy, eighty hours into that game. Dude, I'm like five. Okay. Um. So I play Elden Ring wrong, Ryan. Of course you do. I play it wrong. You want to know why I play it wrong? I don't fight anything. You just run away from everything? So the thing about this game that has made me play it longer than most of these games is that, like, imagine a big open world like Breath of the Wild, where you can kind of go anywhere you want and explore. And in Elden Ring, they give you a horse named Torrent very early on, And I basically ride that horse and just explore the world. So you can go anywhere you want and it'll fill in like black, um, like fog of war stuff on the map. But in order to see what's actually there, you need to collect the map. So like there's a map piece for each area of the map in Elden Ring. And what I'm doing is I'm just riding around looking at all the cool shit, because I'm going to tell you this right now, there is some cool shit in this game. (laughs) Like, say what you want about Miyazaki and his team, like, holy shit, the the, the enemy and boss designs in these games are fucking insane. That's that's the thing that always pulls me in, is the games always look amazing. And, like, the lore and the the character designs and everything, the, the level designs, everything looks amazing. But but Ryan, these kind of games, they're they're all about the difficulty. Nothing else matters. Yeah, right. That's what people yeah, tell me sure. online. Yeah, like there there's no reason to play these they unless they're difficult. Yeah, they wouldn't be enjoyable if you had more health or the enemies had less health. Yeah, no, that would make these games suck. You didn't know that, right? And but, I had I was listening to a different podcast today. I'm not shitting on the person because he's not the only one who thought that way. He he kind of said something about like, well. Difficulty and accessibility are two different things, and it's like no, because we. I, I think it's time that we stop talking about the just the um, physical disabilities, which an easier game would be better for certain people that ha- have physical disabilities. Um, you know, mashing on buttons, it can't like if your hands can't do that, that is a physical disc a disability. Um, but the, the, there's mental disabilities too. Like um, the the time it takes, like for like cognitive um, disability, like people with cognitive disabilities, um, to figure out stuff. Like the, you know, an easier game would allow them into the conversation. Again, it just boils down to like wanting to tell everybody the game is amazing, and then not wanting people to be able to even play it because there's a barrier to entry. I don't know. That's just shitty to me. Um, yeah. Like I wouldn't. I loved. I loved Zelda Breath of the Wild. I I thought it was a near perfect game. Uh. But if 
they took off the weapon durability, I wouldn't be like, but you can't. That was part of the game. So that, yeah, I, I, think... I just don't understand this concept. Like, we always have this conversation, but I personally don't lose anything by having more options. I don't set uh, games to... E- I, I, I play most of my games on normal. I look at the easy mode as like, hey, cool. You have that easy mode there for people that want that. Um, I don't have to engage with the harder modes. So why do we insist that like an easy mode is going to ruin the things? No one's making you engage with it. No one, not a single person. Yeah, and 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 you know, I don't want anybody to think wrongly of this argument. I make this argument because I think more people should be able to experience awesome games. But you know, I'll keep I'll keep advocating for it. But if he doesn't want to do it, and he said that in an interview. I respect that. That's his decision. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he can his do it. Way, his way to say it was, was a little cringy, but like, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not heart. I, I get. I don't really blame the developer of a niche title that like. No, this is nothing about him. That is what this is. It's the audience, the way they speak about the game. This isn't like a cult game anymore. This is a mainstream game. And when people like, I would like to be part of the mainstream conversation and enjoy this game, people tell them to get good. It's like, dude, the FOMO. If you hadn't pumped this up, you, no one would be asking for a difficulty issue. Um, you know, look at Doom Eternal. The conversation about that quickly stopped because it was just like, well, this is the way that Doom wants to go. Fine, whatever. Yeah, that and game like, was stupid hard. Yeah, and like, but at the same time, like, I felt that most people that were a little bit more like, oh yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm happy there's an easy mode so people can play it. It's really cool. Like, but like, yeah, that, I, that I don't easy remember mode anybody was being... not easy. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, no, that too. But I just like, it's a weird thing that somebody else listening to that same podcast I was listening to, like somebody said. uh it's a lot of Japanese developed games that just seem to lack the options there. And it's like, maybe that's just a, a cultural thing. Like, it's just like, this is the creator's vision. That's fine. But like, it is a product and it is a mass appeal product now. Yeah, we'll you talk know. about that in the news. Like, Dark Souls. It, it's, just Elden weird, yeah. it's, just a, it's just a weird conversation because I don't think anyone's having this conversation about smaller titles that have a high difficulty setting like this conversation doesn't pop up around all the dark souls clones including the good ones like um oh god what was the one that neo no no one really talked about a difficulty setting in neo um i was thinking more of the one that um uh, mortal shell is that what it's called mortal shell yeah yeah, like people like that, but that conversation didn't, you know, pop around it because it, was, it stayed niche. You know, there's more to Dark um, Souls than the difficulty, and we've had this conversation because yeah, if you yeah. make a game that's stupid hard, it doesn't make it good. Right. Well, I mean, it, that's arcade games. Like, that's... if that was the conversation, like arcade games trump most modern day games because they were trying to steal your quarters. Play but Pac-Man, that... get past level two. <laughs> That's why people ask this question about the FromSoft games so much, because they're good games and more people want to play them. That's yeah. why the conversation comes up so much with their stuff. Um, and again, I, I, like you said, I completely rec- uh, respect their creative direction. If that's the way they want to go and they don't want to 
add that additional layer, then more power to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means the audience is always going to be limited because not everybody's going to have time to get good, right? Um, not to mention, you know, I, I see people talk about the mechanics and how much changing that would affect the game mechanics, but you don't have to change anything other than, like I said, giving the player more health or having damage do less damage to the player character and having enemies take more damage. Like you could, you could keep everything else about the game the same and just do that. And it would expand it to some players at least. Yeah. There's, I mean, we see that that's becoming a common thing in Sony and I, and I praise Sony first party so much for their accessibility. Like they've put sliders in games now that are like, Aloy takes less damage. Aloy right. deals more damage. Like that stuff's just built in there, and all you got to do is change a number. Yeah, it's not, um, and it doesn't. It doesn't affect how the game actually plays. It doesn't affect the like the mechanics of how the character moves or fights or anything like that. It just changes the uh, how long it takes uh, and, right to kill yeah. each enemy. Yeah. So. And- and more importantly, it doesn't affect a different player playing the same single player game. Right. Like that's the thing that really, at the end of the day, bothers me. Um, because if we were talking about a multiplayer game, like a, a multiplayer only game, I'd go, yeah, makes sense. Like that's just it. You have to deal with it. But at the same time, like we are not talking about that. We're talking about a single player game that has multiplayer aspects. Which you can turn off, by the, the way. Which you can turn off, yeah. 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 So, so, so if you turned it, so if, if it locked you out of that, if you turned on an easy mode, I see no loss to every other player. It can lock off achievements, you know, like, the but way it I can put give it me is a like, special achievement that says this person sucks at video games. Do you remember, care. do you remember when Itagaki yeah. put the pink scarf on Ryu Hayabusa when you played on easy mode? Yeah. Yeah, same thing. You could just do that. And and like the the weirdness of that like statement of like, oh well, you know, you just gotta watch these tutorial videos. You know it'd be a really great tutorial? Fucking easy mode. <laughs> if it just allowed you well, to take more uh, hits, you could learn how to play the main game on easy mode and then transition into the normal difficulty and play with other players. Like, all these Not people talk about getting good, but, like, no one seems to want to have the conversation of, you don't throw new players into, like, the NFL, right? Like, that would not make sense. You start them in smaller divisions and training, and, like, yes, I get it, Dark Souls has a bit of that, but really they don't. They, they throw you pretty quickly, those games throw you pretty quickly to some enemy that just eats you alive, and they tell you you failed, and they start you back a ways, and then you have to redo everything. Like, that's not a great teaching method. It's a teaching method. It's not a great teaching method. And, like, if you opened up that option of, like, here's a slightly easier mode, use this to get good at the big game, I feel like that would go a long way, and this series would be better off for it. But well, I don't play them, so... <laughs> one of the discourses that I saw um, in the last couple of days was players missing the tutorial. Because they're terrified um, of it. Yeah, because the tutorial is located in a big hole in the ground. Yeah. Um, and so the... Um, so 
fans of the series, and I, I want to specify, not most fans of the series aren't like this, but the series, like every other series, has its subset of people who are gatekeepers. And people are like, well, they put a blood stain on the ground or a message on the ground and an NPC there to tell you that that's where the tutorial is. It's like, okay, except it doesn't tell you that that's where the tutorial is. It says the cave of knowledge is below, and the NPC says something about falling down the hole to relive a battle or something. I don't remember what the exact word it, wording is, but it's you know done to fit into the rest of the lore of the game. And most of the people responding to that comment were like, yeah, but this is my first uh, Souls game, and I know the series has a reputation of tricking its players. And... So I assumed that if I jumped down that hole, what it would teach me is it would teach me that fall damage kills me. <laughs> um, and people are responding to that like, well, the game doesn't really have your reputa reputation of being brutal to its players or tricking its players. It's other players that do that. And when you get to that point, there won't be any other messages from any other players. And it's like, okay, but people who've never played the game before don't know that. Yeah. Um, and that's who the tutorial is for. So also, even something is... like... Even something like a tutorial, which should be just in line so that the player can discover it, a new player to the series, is buried in stuff that only people that have played FromSoft games before might recognize. Dude, I was terrified um, of it, and I knew. Like, the dude was, like, dropped down the hole to, to learn stuff. I was like, dude, I don't want to go down there. That's probably some fucking boss that I can't kill. Well, and some people said, you know, they didn't know if they would be able to get back out if they went down there. They didn't know what it was, right? Yeah, and exactly. So, the um, so I think sometimes the what happens with games like this, and I think you know the wrestling games can be a good analog for this, but what happens sometimes with games like this is the first game comes out, and a decent number of people play it, but not a ton, right, but you end up with these pockets of people who are like they're whales for the game, right they're obsessive players. And because the obsessive players are the ones who are mostly playing the game, the feedback comes from that group, right? Yep, that's who they're so the yep. So then the next game comes out with changes that are targeted to the obsessive players because that's who they got the feedback from. And then they may try to put a couple things in there to cast a wider net, but the stuff that casts a wider net, the hardcore players don't like. So, again, there's always new stuff in every game that, that either brings new players in or turns old players off or vice versa, right? And mm -hmm. so, again, the feedback loop comes in, and it's mostly from the obsessive players because you're turning off the casual players who might be able to give you feedback on how to expand the audience. And so each time a game comes out, you end up with a lot of feedback from people who have a ton of experience with the game, which is great. You want feedback from those people, but they can't be the only people you get feedback from, right? It's just like um, in the the WWE 2K games, they continually added stuff that all these like streamers and con content creators and stuff like that were asking for. And it's like, listen, I, I understand those are your uh, high-profile players, but there's other stuff here that needs fixed. Like, you can't just listen to those guys. 
Um, and I feel like it's getting to be the same way with these FromSoft games where I, a lot of the feedback that I saw around this one, because I follow a lot of people who aren't big players of this game, but um, wanted this one because it was so well-reviewed, was that it seems like almost exclusively the people who reviewed the game were people who play these games a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And that's on purpose, right? Because, I mean, there's a reason that they do that, because the games, you need somebody who's played it a lot to understand all the different pieces of the game and what's different and what's better and what's changed and all that. But I mean, just look at who we sent our no review feedback. to. Yeah, we sent yeah. our review to Jay because Jay is the Souls guy. He loves those right. games. But there's no feedback from... The there's no early release pre-release feedback from the people who you might be targeting if you want to expand the universe of the game. Now it worked for them because all the people who were big fans of Souls games um, gave it really high scores. The really high scores brought in a whole bunch of people who have never played it before. But then what unfortunately seems to have happened in a lot of cases, not every case, but in a lot of cases is that these people who were brought in to the game because of the review scores, because of the hype, because of the um, the praise that it was getting, tried to find answers online to things that new players and casual players and people who aren't hardcore fans of the series would need answers to. And they got, instead of answers, they got, well, you just don't know how to play the game. Or, well, get good. Right, you're just not good enough. You need to practice more. And I, I saw people complaining about apparently, and I haven't played the game, but I, one of the the big pieces of feedback that I saw from several people is there's a apparently a really hard boss that's like right at the beginning of the game. Yeah, the guy on the horse, and the the tree he, dude. Yeah, and so you have this split, and it's it's incredibly interesting to watch because. You have this split of experienced Souls players who see that person, try to fight them once, get crushed, and say, ah, the game's trying to tell me to go a different direction. And then you have a group of people who've never played a Souls game before who come to that boss, get crushed, and they think, well, I guess I'm supposed to stay here and just keep trying to fight this guy over and over again because I know the series has a reputation for being difficult. So I assume that the difficulty here isn't the game telling me you're not ready for this yet, go somewhere else. It's what the game is like because I've never played any of these games before. So I don't know how difficult they are. Um, and so I've seen both a, a lot of people that ram their head against that boss over and over again and get frustrated because they can't beat him. And then the experienced souls players are like, well, you got to be stupid to keep trying to fight that guy over and over again. The game's trying to tell you to go somewhere else. And, the new players are like, well, how am I supposed to know that? <laughs> um, it, so it's it's, um, it, I, I feel like there's this like split in the community where you've got all these new people who want to play the game, but when they try to get help so they can get better, the people who've been playing the series forever and have so many games under their belt aren't interested in helping them. Um, and again, that's the small section that I see. It may be different um, elsewhere, but I just feel like there's the 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 series because of its difficulty has sort of fostered 
uh, at least a niche community of people whose answer to everything is, well, just get better. Um, or this game is not for you because it's too hard. Yeah, and that's just not that's not conducive, I don't think, to um, what what a game like that should be appealing to. A game as good as that um, it should at least have a way for everybody to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I understand both sides of it. I understand that the hardcore players like the game the way it is, but man, I just feel like you just can't listen to only those people. No, right? you can't, and and I agree. I that you suffer from that too. Yeah, you need to. I really feel like if you want everybody, and and that's what people are talking about. Like people were calling this game of the generation. Like this is one of those yeah. games of the generation. It's like, well, goddamn, why wouldn't I want to play that? Exactly. And it's like exactly. You know, I completely understand the people that don't want it to change. What I don't understand is the people who like it the way it is, but don't see like how it could be benefited by changing. I'm like, it doesn't affect you. You don't have to like you still have the trophy for beating Uncharted on crushing difficulty. I think you're crazy, but you still have it. Right. Like, yeah. what does it hurt if somebody goes in there? Like, I'm enjoying Elden Ring so much, like riding around and looking at the environments and and exploring the new areas and discovering things that I'm like, dude. If there's ever like a because I know they're trying to fight it, but if there's ever like a cheat thing on PC to where like you can just make yourself invincible and explore, I will go buy it and do that because this world is so fucking interesting. Well, you know what's um what's funny is um. Because of feedback like that, um, the Assassin's Creed series added the, um, uh, the I can't remember the, what it's, it's called. It's called Discovery where you can just Mode explore. or something. Yeah, Discovery Mode. Um, because there were, um, you know, people and not not just video game connected people, right, but educators and stuff like that that were interested in what they had built, but didn't want to actually play the game. Yeah. So they're like, man, it, they, they heard feedback from people that was like, it would be cool if I could just explore this world that you built. Um, and so they could have, Ubisoft could have said, no, if you want to explore the game we built, play the game. Um, but instead they were like, okay, well, let's just put in a mode where you don't do anything but walk around and look at stuff. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know the uh, I'm torn because I don't want any developer to do anything that they don't want to do. No, absolutely, it's their not. game, right? They they can do this is the Mass Effect discourse all over again, right? They it's their game. They can do with it whatever they want to. It's just frustrating to me as a player because um, I would love I would love to jump into that game and just lose myself in it, um, but you know. I don't have that capacity anymore. Um, and yeah, that's me. The the problem is, even if I learned, even if I got into it, if I spent three hours learning the pattern for a boss, um, but I don't quite take him down, you know, I may not have time to play the game again for a week. You lose and by a the time, bit of that. yeah, yeah. Um, I, you lose that muscle memory, right? And so. The game is built for folks who play it every single day, and um, it just means there's a group of folks who aren't going to get to experience it that way. And again, I even if it was just 
my character takes less damage and the enemies take more damage. That's the easy mode. Um, that I feel like would be a perfect compromise because it doesn't change anything for anybody else. Nope. Um, but I feel like there's not for everybody, but I feel like there's a portion of the audience that is more interested in gatekeeping who can finish those games than the game itself. Yep. Like it, the, 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 um, it becomes a point of pride rather than a point of enjoyment. And that's cool. That's why hard modes exist in some other games, right? But, um, man, it, it sure would be nice for other people to be able to enjoy the late game stuff, um, that may not have the same level of commitment as others. Yeah. I, and that's one of the things I like about this one is that I can just roam around and explore. And I'll be real honest with you. You know, I'll, every now and then I'll pick a fight with somebody. Like I'll hit them once and see how much it does. And if it doesn't do a lot or if it doesn't do like a decent amount, I kind of get back on my horse and leave. <laughs> I don't blame you. Cause I'm like, that dude's probably going to hit me once and I'm going to die. But I tell you, man, I, I absolutely love this world, and, like, every time I discover something new, I'm like, this is so fucking cool. Like, look at this enemy design. Look at this Look at this area design. Like, oh, man, you see things laying on the ground, you'll pick them up, and you're like, oh, this is really cool. And, like, I ran, so for, as an example, yesterday I was up uh, kind of in the northeast of the map, and I ran into these two giants surrounded by, like, an army of, of like, soldiers, and they were had chains attached to them and they were carrying this big ass cart. And I was like, man, what is in that cart? Like, that's what makes these games interesting to me. But dude, if I'd have walked down there to where they were, I'd have been dead in like half a second. So, man, I don't know. It's, it's a weird conversation. I'm enjoying this a lot more than I've enjoyed other ones, but again, I'm not fighting, like, at all. Like, I'm riding my horse around, I'm collecting the map pieces, I'm looking at the different characters and the areas, but I feel like if I get in a fight, I'm just going to get wrecked. So, hopefully someday they'll make an easy mode and, and I can actually go through and, like, play the game the way it's meant to be played, but right now I'm just finding a way around it to explore it. So... But anyway, that's uh, that's kind of what I've been playing this week. Um, so we can move on to what's coming out this week. Uh, we'll start with Series X and PS5. We've got Dead by Daylight, Sadako Rising. So there's another uh, character, I'm assuming. Uh, WWE 2K22 NWO for Life Edition is out on Monday. Or sorry, Tuesday. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla Dawn of Ragnarok. Wow, I didn't... Realize that was out already, but that's out on Tuesday. Or sorry, Thursday. Uh, Aztec, Forgotten Gods, Century, Age of Ashes, Retro Pixel Racers, RPG Time, The Legend of Right, uh, Submerged, Hidden Depths, Workshop Simulator, and then finally on Friday for everybody, WWE 2K22. Uh, PlayStation 5 is exactly the same stuff. We'll move over to PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, a lot of the same stuff. Also, Republic Anniversary Edition, The Last Cube, Time Loader, Young Souls, Hotel Transylvania, Scary Tale Adventures, 
And then on Xbox, anything different? Radioactive Dwarfs, Evil from the Sewers is out on Friday. So, Nintendo Switch. Bring this up. Always got to dig into it because there's so many games. So this week on Nintendo Switch, you've got Lit Behind, or sorry, Lit Bend the Light, uh, Street Cats Race, The Wild Case, Wonderling DX, Splash Cars, Will You Snail, Dot Hack GU Last Recode, Ancient Islands, Ashwalkers, A Survival Journey, Chocobo GP. Remember that? That's coming out this week. Uh, Dungeon Color. Frightened. Frightens. Grand Mountain Adventure Wonderlands. Move or Die Unleashed. Pocket Slimes. Potato Flowers in Full Bloom. Uh, Slide Stories. Neko's Journey. Time Blazer. <gasps> no way. Chex Quest HD is coming to the Switch this week. Wow. Dude. I tell you what, this is like the, the time for remakes of old first-person corridor shooters. Holy shit, Chex Quest has never been available on a console. Oh, snap. A couple of years ago for uh, Free Comic Book Day, they released a Chex Quest comic. That's awesome. Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm totally buying covers. this. It's oh, great. I'm totally buying this. Uh, Omnom, Coloring Tunes and Puzzle, Syndrome, and 200 Ways. Is that Omnom, like, from Cut the Rope? Uh, I don't know. Let's click Little on Little green dinosaur-looking guy? It's made by Cubic Games. Uh, for Nintendo Switch. Let's do a Google search on the actual game. See what it is. Omnom. Yeah, little green dinosaur guy. Oh, neat. Yeah, my my son was when he was little obsessed with Omnom for a little while. We had and he had an Omnom birthday cake uh, one year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's got a little paintbrush and some colored pencils. Yeah, that's what this it's is. a great character design. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that's everything that's coming out this week. Um, let's do some news. As we mentioned earlier about Elden Ring. Uh, this game is is very mainstream, so much so that Elden Ring did so well, Namco, Bandai, and Japan increased um, the pay for the Japanese team just because of the sales of the game. Uh, That's great. Also, in the UK, this is the biggest launch outside of FIFA in the UK since Red Dead Redemption 2. Awesome. I just um, yeah. hope that uh, all those people like it enough to buy the next one. Yeah, I think that's going to kind of be the gauge here. Like, a lot of people that came into this fresh. Like, there's a lot of us that, that have the FOMO. We're like, oh, is this finally the one for me? We know how these work. But I wonder how many people bought it that have never played one of these. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. So, uh, that game also outsold Horizon Forbidden West, which is not as shocking because Horizon's, a, you know, only on one system. Right. Um, but from what I... These are crazy numbers, but I heard on Steam alone... Elden Ring did almost 5 million copies already. That's power of hype, man. Yeah. That's, I mean, anytime a game comes out and gets the kind of universal praise that that one got, it souls like, sells like gangbusters. It so, souls like gangbusters? It souls like gangbusters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I will be very interested. Uh, I think this, I think when we finally see the numbers for all three versions of this game, it's going to be astronomical. 
Which, you know, I'm glad for Miyazaki and his team, like, they've worked hard their whole career to make these really niche games. I just hope it doesn't come back to bite them in the ass that their next game doesn't do well, because so many people are like, well, I ain't doing that shit again. You know? Yeah. Uh, House of the Dead remake finally got a release date. It's out in April for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Microsoft announced the Pac-Man Museum Plus is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one. Uh, Persona 4 Arena. Uh, they announced it's getting rollback netcode after so many people were out there requesting it, so that's cool to hear. Now just put it on, you know, more systems. That'd be cool. Um, lots of game companies have started to suspend sales and services in Russia due to the ongoing... Uh, events happening over there. We talked a little bit about this last week. I saw this week EA and Microsoft both pulled their services, and I'm sure there are going to be more to follow. Lots of stuff. Getting... I saw MasterCard and Visa suspended their services over there today. It's crazy right now. Um, Epic Games acquired Bandcamp. It's the first time I've seen Anthony re- react on Twitter to an acquisition. Uh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yes, this is this is like okay. So this is bad, <laughs> like very bad, because Bandcamp was a site. Is a site. I don't even know how to refer to it at this point. Um, where independent musicians could upload music for free and sell it. So uh, it's kind of the last bastion of music purchasing. And what was nice was that they didn't charge you um, more for a higher res track. So like uh, audiophile stuff, but like an MP3 is a lossy format, flack, wave, or lossless. Um, So... If you go to like another website, and of course Beatport is more just electronic music, but say you go to Beatport, they charge you more based on what type of file you you are buying. So <sighs> Bandcamp's been really special, and then like over the pandemic, they've been doing Bandcamp Friday, where every fr- uh, the first Friday of every month they would waive their portion, and all the money would go to the artist. You know, if you buy through PayPal, PayPal takes their cut, and then Bandcamp would take their cut, and then the artist would get paid. So Bandcamp just was taking, not taking their portion, and so PayPal would take its portion, and then uh, the artist would get the rest. It was really nice. Um, so it was this kind of like weirdly independent music store, but for digital music online. And you can buy physical stuff. And like, I, I, the reason why I have to explain this is because I always say Bandcamp and somebody always doesn't know what it is. So Bandcamp is great. Uh, plenty of, uh, musicians who've done game soundtracks have their stuff up there. Um, you can buy the PS1 Doom soundtrack. Uh, that weird dark ambient soundtrack that's up there. And so, Epic acquiring them doesn't make sense. Well, they bought harmonics, so well, they bought harmonics. But the thing, but the thing you have to realize with harmonics is harmonics 
made video games. They made music based video games, but they made video games. Well, what I Bandcamp mean is like, is there like, like some technology or licensing stuff that would mix between those two to make something? That's my question. Uh, uh, no, because, because at the end of the day with, with licensing a song for uh, a video game is very different than selling that song. Um, so like when you buy a, song off of rock band you don't get the mp3 that you can just bring around to different devices it's specifically for rock band um it's it's a lot of pain in the ass like music rights is already a pain in the ass that's again we just want to buy cds tomorrow you're on your spotify your apple music or whatever something can be taken down because the rights have been bought like uh i use radiohead as a good example because radiohead previously um their their previous label which i can't remember um who it was but they had special editions of like kid a and amnesiac and like it was these two disc versions and now xl recordings has the rights to radiohead and all those versions were per- pulled off the shelf so all those extra tracks are gone now is it truly important for most people no but that's stuff that you can't listen to so Music rights is a pain in the ass. Bandcamp only is a sales platform for music. Now, I'm assuming Epic just wants the money that Bandcamp would make, right? But, and, and potentially some of it is that the way Bandcamp, uh, the search tools in Bandcamp and the way that, like, you can find new music potentially, but like, to me, there's no benefit uh to artists from this acquisition and you could say well that's kind of every acquisition right the consumer loses um but in this case i think it's one of the biggest losses because looking at other acquisitions in video game space um you know it does suck for stuff to go to a single platform from now on don't get me wrong like all the bethesda stuff i understand but to some extent, like, there is now a, a sense of money being poured in, uh, to the creator's hands. The acquisition of Bandcamp, the money doesn't go to the creators of music, because ultimately, that is the thing that Bandcamp survives off of, is all these independent musicians, or even musicians on a label, um, putting their music up on Bandcamp and then them taking a bit of each purchase. That is their business model. Um, so as soon as Epic comes in and buys them, that money doesn't go to the artists. And like now I'm just seeing like a future where Bandcamp doesn't exist. You can't buy music in all these other places anymore. Um, it's already hard enough for, uh, it, it's just a mess. It's, it's a, it's a terrible mess. Like, the fact that the world is trying to go to streaming and that all the money in um, music rights is in catalogs, like, it's a nightmare scenario. And, like, I cannot logically figure out what the fuck Epic wants out of Bandcamp. And Bandcamp, I think part of it was Bandcamp didn't just say, um, we are being, we have been acquired by Epic Games. They made it seem like, no, this is going to be great for all of you. No. It's not going to be great for any of us. Like, I don't understand how you can sell that any other way. 
Um, and I, I try not to respond to acquisitions online because it just doesn't seem like it's an important thing. But I, I have bought a good amount of music off of Bandcamp. And if you know Vaporwave, and this is kind of where I have to spiral off again into more music stuff. But if you know Vaporwave, Vaporwave is a heavily sample-based uh, genre of music. Um, and a lot of it is not um, uh, okayed by the label that owns the samples, you know? Uh, it's it's an underground sort of music genre, um, and it was allowed to survive via platforms like Bandcamp and YouTube. But YouTube, obviously, you can't buy the music from the artist, and Bandcamp allowed that. And with Epic coming in, will we see them stamp out a genre of music because uh, the legal rights are just too much to deal with? Um, there hasn't been any legal stuff so far with most vaporwave projects, but like that could change uh, because now Epic is a multi-billion dollar corporation. Uh, it's a, it's just a mess. I, I'm very disappointed. Um, it feels like the record store down the street has been bought out by Walmart. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it feels, right? Ah, uh, fuck. It's uh, like, all I have to say is, like, if you like video game music and you have a favorite composer, go to Bandcamp and uh, look at what they're offering because, like, that's, you know, like, where the best versions of those soundtracks usually live. Um, yeah, fuck, man. I, I didn't think this was going to come up in our conversation, but, yeah, um, it sucks. Acquis- acquisitions are never great. They, they're, they, they sometimes have benefits for the consumer. Like, you know, all the Xbox stuff coming to Game Pass. That's a good benefit if you don't own an Xbox. Obviously, it sucks. Um, and I can see benefits with, like, Nintendo getting um, uh, the next level. And I can see benefits for uh, Sony acquiring um, Bungie. But at the end of the day, like, for the most part, like, yeah, uh, there's no benefit for consumers with an epic acquisition plain and simple all right um housemark is reportedly working on a new ip uh it's very early in development but it is not returnal 2 that is the news out of that development studio they just keep trying another game and <laughs> it doesn't seem <laughs> yeah. to work out well yeah returnal didn't light the world on fire for sure um Neither did Resogun, neither did uh, Ex Machina, neither did, or whatever it was called. Yeah, it wasn't Ex Machina. Yeah. They had a lot of games. Remember when they did that um, online game? Didn't they do an online game? Like multiplayer only or something? Hell, I don't Uh, know. All I know is how Spark stuff, like, they, they seem to have to jump between titles a lot. Yeah. Nothing ever seems to get a sequel. Um, the next Machina. So I was close. Returnal, next Machina, Resogun, Matterfall. Matterfall, I think. Maybe Matterfall's not the online game. I don't. Fuck, I don't. Outland, Alienation, Super Stardust HD. I mean, these are all good games. Yeah, but they, you never see more of it. They have like they're like that one didn't sell great, so we're on to the next thing. Hey, they're owned by Sony now, so they got money. So, 
Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming to Game Pass. That game's awesome. You should play it now on Game Pass. Did you yeah, see? I saw that and was super excited. Yeah. Because I've been wanting to play that eventually, and uh, to know that it's going to be on Game Pass is really awesome. Yeah. Uh, Did you gonna... see the person that listed out like all the things that they've produced? Uh, that's like been major flops from uh, 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 Japanese studios. Oh, I'm the, I'm rolling right into this story, Anthony. Oh God, I didn't even mean to. No, you're good. You're good. So we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy because Square Enix has publicly said that they were disappointed, same way they did with Avengers, same day, same way they did with Tomb Raider. But how come they've never said anything about Balan's Wonderworld? They've never said anything it's about Balan Wonderworld. Sorry. Balan. Balan Wonderworld. It's Balan, ba- and the evil guy is Lance. Get it? Bal Lance. I got it. Uh, so they never yeah, said anything no. about Balan Wonderworld. They never said anything about the Quiet Man. They never said anything about Left Alive. And now we've got a new one. Does anybody want to guess what the Babylon's con- Fall? What the concurrent players for Babylon's Fall at launch oh, were? No, no, I just. <laughs> 650. God damn, Ryan. That's dead on. (laughs) No, it's not. Yes, it is. (laughs) Oh, man, I guessed that as a joke because I thought it was too low to actually be the right answer. Nope, that is the 100% correct answer. Babylon's Fall, day one concurrence were 650 people. Um, I played a lottery. I want to just note. That the Quiet Man in that is sort of a standout because it was made by Starbreeze, I think. But it was written and directed by a Japanese guy. So do you think Square Enix is going to talk about their disappointment in Babylon's Fall? (laughs) Uh, I think they're going to talk about that like they talked about. What was the one that they published that was a third-person shooter last year? The year before? Uh, Platinum or one? Square Enix? No, no, Square Enix. <sighs> yeah, it didn't do very great. It didn't set the world on fire. Dude, I don't know what game um, you're talking about. It went about. to Game Pass. It was a Square Enix third-person shooter. How many of those are there? I mean, none of us can name it, so clearly... I don't know what the hell it is. I don't... Uh... Outriders. Outriders. Oh, but that's a yeah. Western developer. It is. It's people can fly, but still, it's one of those things where it's like, that didn't do well. They didn't talk about that either. Oh, they said they were disappointed in Outriders. Oh, did they? Okay, well, I don't remember it. They only say they're disappointed in non-Japanese studios. They never Ah. mention Japanese studios. That's the thing. Glorious Nippon. Yeah, that's the thing that that (laughs) makes this story like that. Because, like, they'll criticize. And what's funny is when they criticize Tomb Raider, didn't that thing sell, like, two or three million copies or something? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. The uh, the funny thing of it, so Babylon's Fall is actually, so I know uh, at least both Ken and I, um, in the Elden Ring discussion, uh, emphasized that the developers should be able to do whatever they want, regardless of what we think. We can wish that that was the case, but at the end of the day, it's their game. They should be able to do what they want. And Babylon's Fall is a perfect example of that because they released the original um, version of it. And the everyone hated the art style 
and they didn't have time to actually change it. So they just took away part of the oil painting look and it made it look even worse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a perfect example of it probably would have maybe at least been a little bit better received if they just left it. I don't know, man. Six hundred fifty. Uh, it's people. supposed to be pretty bad, anyway. But yeah, and it's it's bad platinum. Like you never know what you're gonna get. And do you think? No, I think I think at this point it's just platinum. Do you think that they? Do you think they were reading the tea leaves a couple weeks ago when they were like, "Hey, if somebody wants to buy us." And we were. I, I when I went down that list, like there was what maybe three out of twelve games that you'd save in the fire. Yeah. So like at this point, it's just. Platinum, and then we can say, and then there's the good games that they do sometimes. Yeah. Not, because I feel like the talk about Platinum still is, well, they, you know, Platinum's really good. Are they, or are they just really good in, like, rare occurrences? Because they had Nintendo money and published Star Fox, or they made Star Fox Zero. So, like, yeah. how do you fuck like, that one like up? like, you look at Nier Automata, and you're like, God, that's one of the best games ever made. But then, but then you look at the near remake, and outside of stuff that just had to be retained from the original, that game's pretty good, and they have no hands on that. Yeah. So, how much did they need? Right. Bayonetta's like, been in development for well, like six hundred years or something. Yeah, and Astral Chain didn't set the world on fire. It could be great. I didn't think it was great. I know Jay liked it. I'm, I didn't care for it. I'm just saying it could be great, but it's like it didn't set the world on fire, and that's they're they're not that big of a studio, and they have enough misses where like if it doesn't set the world on fire, that is not a good thing for you. Maybe it's good Microsoft didn't get scale bound out. <laughs> I kind of want to see what the fuck scale bound was. I kind of want to see the mess. I I really wish Phil Spencer would just be like shit talk them. I want to know. <laughs> All right. Um, Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3 remake, and Resident Evil 7 are getting uh, Series X and PS5 enhancements later this year. They're all free. So, if you want to revisit those games, it's pretty cool. If you want to revisit GTA 5, that is not free. Uh, but they did detail the next-gen updates. It will include a 60 frames per second ray tracing mode, as well as the fidelity and performance mode. It's out on March 15th. I still have no clue how much it costs. But I know it ain't free. So. In shocking news, Star Wars Eclipse uh, is now destined to be out in 2027 or 2028. And that is because... Nobody wants to work with David Cage. They're having trouble hiring people his, for that game. His best game is the awful Time Cop game where he did the music, and that's what he should have been relegated to for the rest of his life. Um, he's a terrible director. That he is. I. I, what, what do you need out of a console? And the fact that this smug prick said, I need more emotion, emotion. should have been a sign where so, uh, Sony said, Sony, like, whatever executive asked him that, they should have, like, squinted at him and gone, what the fuck did you just say? Like, what? I need to know what you technically need, not emotion. Like, fuck him. This stupid fucking games. 
I was so irritated. Indigo Prophecy starts out so good, it ends like such a mess. <laughs> that game is only remembered because there was a fucking scene in it. it. And like, the weird fact that somewhere in David Cage's office is a, uh, like full naked 3D model of Elliot Page. That's like, fucked up. Yeah! Yeah, like, th- that's been said a couple times online, like, that that was a thing. Mm. Uh, th- that dude has always struck me as somebody who, if I met in person, I'd probably just want to punch in the face. That's just me. Uh, lots of hand sanitizing <laughs> after meeting him. Like, why are you pouring hand sanitizer on your face? It's like, I got too close and breathed on me. All right, these last three stories are pretty pretty interesting. Well, sorry, two of the last three stories are interesting. Um, Twisted Metal TV series will be on Peacock and stars Anthony Mackie. There you go. Oh, I don't know how I, I didn't know in the year of our Lord 2022 that I would put those three things in the same sentence, but here we are. I'm assuming he plays the guy that's... The John Doe. He plays the John Doe that enters the tournament. He's not, like, playing Sweet Tooth or something. No, I was wondering if he was... What's the guy that is, like, between two giant wheels? Oh, Axel. Axel. (laughs) I should have fucking guessed. God damn it. Come on, man. That's that's one of the best puns in video game history. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope, see, the problem is, is like, how's this gonna work? Because like, the whole thing is that you win the tournament and then the bad guy like twists, like monkey paws your fucking wish. Calypso is his name? Yeah, Calypso. You all, you wanna be the biggest face in Hollywood? I'll make you the biggest face in the world or the fuck it is in two. Dude, that original, people say that the story in Twisted Metal wasn't good and I'm like, you're fucking high. That shit was hilarious, man. It's, it's the delivery of the guy that that plays Calypso too. Yeah, like <sighs> he is just campy, over the top, evil. I'm like, yep, perfect. I know, I know my twisted metal lore. Can anybody name the big black tank that would show up? Yeah. Uh, no, Minion. I can see it. Minion. Minion. That's right. Yeah. You find you find hidden codes if you fall off the level in the skyscraper level. Yep. Man, I love those games. They were so good. I love those games too, especially two. Yeah, two is still the goat. That's still the best one by far. Two has yep. the one where I was, the ending that I was talking about, where he turns the actor and takes takes his face off. Yeah. Yep. And stretches it over the sky. Good <laughs> the fuck? Those games were so good. Well, one, two, and black were good. Yes. Three, four, small, small brawl. brawl is oh, small brawl is okay. Small brawl is good. Yeah. Well, that's okay. a good twist on it. Twisted Metal on the PlayStation 3 is fucking terrible. And then there's Head On, which is the one where they, like... That was the PSP game, right? Well, they brought to PS2, and you can see that at one point they were going to make, like, an open world or something like that, where you like you actually walk Sweet Tooth around, well, and you can read the documents of, like, them giving up on the game they were making. I thought that was um, the unreleased version of Black 2 that was included in yes, the PS2 version. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I thought it was. But it was like a, you could walk around as Sweet Tooth. It was really weird. Yeah, they were they were doing some new stuff, and then it got scrapped. So, All right. <laughs> I don't even know how to start this story. Xbox has been out in Japan for 20 years. Any guess how many systems they've sold total? <laughs> 
in 20 years. And then this is across Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Series X. I'm going to say 1.2 million. That's low. I'm going to say two and a half. That's very close. <laughs> you, you should be buying a lottery ticket today, Ryan. Apparently, it's I should. 2.3 million consoles huh. in 20 years in Japan. Wow. Wow. Over a million of those were 360, by the way. Series X, though, is doing much better. Series X slash S is doing much better. They've already surpassed Xbox One, and they've only been over there for a year. So that is... Things things are looking up, but they couldn't look much lower, I suppose. All right, Anthony. We're going to do this because the Internet deems it necessary for us to talk about this. So there was an NVIDIA leak again. Oh. I thought you were going into the Wonder Boy release thing oh, no, that no, was no. announced. No. Hey, everybody, if you want all the games, you have to buy the fucking one from Strictly Limited. Again, this company's doing the same shit. All right, I'm over it. Go all ahead. Right. The NVIDIA leak showcased something that said NVN2. Uh, if you don't know, NVIDIA makes chipsets for the Nintendo Switch. In NVIDIA's code for DLSS, the Switch is referred to as NVN2. Just NVN. In their latest leak, there's a code in there for NVN2. Nintendo Switch 2? Could be. Supposedly 2024. So we're going to start talking about Switch 2 again. <laughs> this rumor died for all of what, what? like two months? Why do you, why do you, yeah, I was going to say, why do you say like, oh, the, we're going to be starting talking about it again? It's not left. It left. Nobody goes, talked about no, it for it, like two no, months. No, it doesn't. No, we haven't talked about it. That That's a different thing. And that's just because you know it drives me up the fucking wall. And it can only take so much of my fucking irritation. And the, the reality is other people are like, oh, I can't. This game's going to look so much better or whatever. Or if it would only be better if we had a new Nintendo Switch. The, the, I can't wait for the Switch 2 to come out. And it's like, fuck it. Jesus Christ. Like, Nintendo's weird. Like, do you even know what the new Switch will look like, even if it switches? They're so fucking out out the fucking minds over there that, like, the next one could have three screens and be like, ah, it's fine. Oh, looks like we got a big uh, storm coming in. Yeah, well, you're welcome. It's probably the one that was here. Fuck. I don't know which way it's blowing, to be honest with you. Eh, we'll see. I always love thunderstorms because I'm going to lose power like Anthony. Alright, that's all the news I have for this week. I'm going to check the inbox again before I move on. Nope, nothing in there this week. That's cool. We have one tweet. Thank you for the one tweet from David. He says, playing Elden Ring, even though it's not my type of game. I don't know what I'm doing and I get killed often. Most importantly, I'm having fun. Maybe I'll watch a video to get good. I'm pretty sure we talked all about this. You want to get good at Elder Ring, you got to watch a video and go find this obscure fucking stone 400 yards over here or something. I don't know. I followed one of those videos and I still like can get killed by the dudes in the first air in the first area. Like supposedly the video I watched made you using finger quotes OP in the early game and 
those knights in that first little area can still kick my ass. So I don't necessarily think that makes me OP. Did you beat any boss in that game, Ken? No, I did. I did fall into what they call in this game an ever jail, which is like a little thing you can hit and it takes you to a boss. I fought him. I got him about halfway down. But again, like I said, I haven't been leveling up. I've just been exploring. I did get him like halfway down. Gotcha. But I'm hearing people like hitting the first boss and just getting fucking smoked. The first real boss, yep. which is Margit. Yep. So. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I'm just now starting to see people posting, I finally beat him. Yeah. People that aren't like, um, you know. Yeah, the Souls guys beat him. In the Souls game. Yeah, yeah. The, the Souls guys beat him last week with a stick being naked. Yeah, right. So it's fine. But yeah, I saw a lot of people really tough on that first boss. Like, he was just wiping everybody. So, But no, driving him and seeing him, I don't know where he is. So. Gotcha. I've just been running around. I, I love watching the videos of the people that run into the dragon, because the dragon apparently will just show up in places, and it just fucking wrecks you. Like, that's cool. That's a cool mechanic. <laughs> I mean, it's probably cool when it happens, but you're like, oh man, I had like a bunch of runes on me, which by the way, runes are souls in this game. I don't know why they keep changing the name of it. Like, make it the same shit, right? Right. Like, in this game, you don't have bonfires, you have points of grace. You know what they do? Exactly what bonfires do. In this game, you don't have souls, you have runes. You know what the runes do? Exactly what souls do. (laughs) (laughs) Such a weird thing to change the name. What are they called in Bloodborne? I don't remember. I don't remember. I didn't play enough about Bloodborne to find out. Yeah, the Lanterns. But what was like what were the souls called? They were called something different too. I can't remember. I really thought you called it Buttborn too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Man, what what game is Buttborn? <laughs> Born with butts. Born with butts. I do like that the horse in Elden Ring's name is Torrent. That's pretty funny to me. I don't know. Elden Ring is... What? Go ahead. I saw somebody uh, made the joke of they named the horse Torrent because when you Google search Elden Ring Torrent, the first (laughs) thing that pops up is the fucking horse. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty funny, really. Did you... Here's the funny thing. I discovered the horse by accident. Like, there's not a thing that leads you to it. Like, you just rest at a point of grace at one point, and uh, the the lady shows up and's like, "Here, I'm gonna give you a horse." Like, like there's nothing that points you to it. It's just like if you don't ever rest at that bonfire, maybe it doesn't ever happen. <laughs> you just never get one. Yeah, I'm still waiting on somebody to make the no horse run. That's gotta happen, right? Yeah, I'm sure that's probably already happened. Yeah, probably. <laughs> those games, man. <laughs> There's something about those games. I want, I want. How, how come we didn't see these motherfuckers go back and play some Kingsfield? Yeah, Eternal <laughs> Ring. <laughs> Eternal Ring. Because Kingsfield is is horribly difficult and like. Uh, Anthony, Dark Souls unfair. is horribly difficult. And uh, on the same Kingsfield, it's like. You start off. You walk to the right. Oops, you died. Like, oh, thanks. You're, Dude, that happens in Elden Ring. You're like, fuck. <laughs> Dude, it's not... It, literally, there's two paths. 
in I think uh, Kingsfield two, you start off on the shoreline, and like literally one, you get eaten by like an octopus or whatever, and you're just like fuck off. I literally just started the game, and you just it, like it's a walk up. You don't even like get an option. It doesn't. You don't get a hit, and then you step away. No, it literally just kills you. I mean, that's there's cool. no going back. It's like uh, fuck. Uh, hey, Anthony, get good. Okay. Yeah, get good. Man, go, go the other way. <laughs> I uh, I don't have enough time or patience to get good, so I'm gonna bought, fucking cheat. I bought Eternal Ring. Oh, I did too. Yeah, at launch. That was a mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake. How many how many regretful PS2 launch games did I buy? Oh, well, I bought Jesus. Eternal Ring. I bought um, uh, I uh, Orphan Scion of Sorcery. I bought so, Summoner. Yeah, I was going to say, let me tell you about mine. I bought <laughs> Summoner and uh, Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors was okay. Good. It yep. was fine. Um, I bought Summoner and was like, oh, God, this sucks. Um, so using the very lax return policy, I returned Summoner to EB Games and got Eternal Ring. <laughs> um, and so I looked at it. even worse. <laughs> I looked up Bloodborne, it's Blood Echoes. Blood Echoes, okay, because I know Blood Vials are and, like your healing, uh, your flasks. So Blood yeah. Echoes makes sense. Uh, why don't they call the places where you rest like Blood Spots or something? I don't know. Matter of man, every time they're like, it's E, it's not, it's not Dark Souls, and you're like, but, like, the Souls and the monsters and the combat and the thing, they're all they're just the same shit. The only the same th- formula. The, well, Bloodborne's combat is different, and so is Sekiro's. Like those two well, games are different. Different minorly, yeah. but what I'm saying no, is, no, those is are like, different it's majorly. The same setup. Those two are different if majorly. Was, but if you called Bloodborne Dark Souls and then a subtitle, you'd be like, okay, sure. If you called it Blood Souls, Sekiro's. Sure, fuck it, I don't, man. <laughs> I, you know what? Here's here's what I'm taking away from this conversation more than anything right now is like, man, I either am very tired or I just don't give enough of a fuck and just want to stop talking about Souls games. <laughs> we can't help the discourse happens every time there's a new fucking Souls game. Uh, man. Yeah, I really wish there just wasn't new Souls game. Well, they're definitely gonna make some more now after this one sold away. Oh, I did. know they are, and I and somebody. Uh, I heard it's armored core. I heard it's armored core. That's the rumor floating is their next game is going to be Armored Core. So oh, I bet, I bet, I bet there's complaints about Armored Core because it's not Souls. What if you collect like oil? I swear to God, if you collect oil souls, oil souls. Jesus, I just lost all my soils when I died to that mech. Gotta go do a, gotta go do a mech run. Dark soils. Dark soils. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't look forward to all the open world Souls games now. Does that make sense? Like all the ripoffs. Oh, dude, there's gonna be so like, many the conversation, ripoffs. The conversation is always like, oh, Dark Souls, but like no one's asking for like, can I get an easier version of Immortal Unchained? Yeah, of course that's, not. That's because not enough people bought Immortal Unchained. Only the people yep. that like. Souls games, the only thing I want out of all this discourse is a sequel to Dragon's Dogma. That's never going to happen. 
you know that's never going to happen. Capcom doesn't I... love us. They made one Mega yeah, Man game in a games. decade. I'm, I'm still waiting it's... on my Mega Man Legends 3, too. So. Well, that ain't uh, happening either. I want to make a Sonic Street Fighter, Riders though. game. Uh, make Street Fighter yeah, Six using whiskey. Adobe Photoshop logo. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I just want to know if somebody was like looking over the shoulders, like, "What about this one?" It's like I'm not spending fifty dollars that one there. <laughs> Pointed at the one that they ended up using. Oh my god, that logo is so uh, bad. Guys, just keep the original Street Fighter logo. Yeah, there's nothing wrong and with the Street Fighter logo. Put a six at the end. Street Fighter logo like, is iconic. Come on. It'd be like, it, like, it'd be like thing, making a new like, Mortal Kombat and not putting a dragon on it. What the fuck is wrong the, with you? All the, all the, so all the Udon comics, Udon's the one that does all the like official artwork too. Um, all the Udon comics, use the original Street Fighter logo. Just use it. Like, or sorry, the, probably, I believe it's the Street Fighter 2 logo without the yes. 2. Yeah. Just put a, just put a 6 at the end of that. And just call it a day. Like, it, it's easier than than going to Adobe's thing. All I have to do is move a six at the end of it and go, we're done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're good. I'm okay with that. I don't know, man. Video games are weird, dude. Can I just get a new Virtual Fighter, Sega, please? please. No, you Suzuki no. is not making any more games. No, I don't cannot. want Yu Suzuki to make video games. I just want a new Virtual Fighter. He didn't work on the last one either. Well, five? You'll get yeah. another Shenmue and you'll like it. Yeah. Uh, Shenmue 4. Can't wait to see. It's Shen- which also doesn't finish the story. <laughs> Actually, what you'll get is you'll get a new uh oh, what the hell's the name of that game? Um, What's the, the other freaking game? The shooting game. Um, Virtual Cop? What are we talking about? No, 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 no. The um, the one where you're like uh, flying with a jetpack and you Space shoot. Harrier? Space Harrier. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> God damn, hey, I'm not taking in Space VR, Harrier. In VR, Space Harrier would be awesome. As long as it's as long as it's new graphics and not those original ones. Oh no, it's like, gonna be the original the... one. They they just re they just find a way to put that game in every other Yu Suzuki game. I mean, why not? So so uh, um, I have the 3DS version of Space Harrier 2, I think, and it's in 3D and like oh, it is so wrong. That good, huh? Yeah, I'll play it, that game. It, it, hey, Outrun. Is great, but like the early, oh, I can't remember what it was called. Um, th- that early engine, whatever that was called again. Um, AM2? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, there was a specific engine that they used on, um, Superscaler. The Superscaler okay. engine, which is what was used in Thunderblade 2, um, and, uh, Space Harrier 2, technically Space Harrier 1 as well. Um, and uh, Outrun and stuff. Outrun is the only one that looks really good out of the, like the bigger name titles because like Space Hair here does not hold up very well. well. We just get 3D Load Runner. We're good. Also, sorry, it was Galaxy Force Two that's uh, that's in here, and Galaxy Force Two does not uh, does not. You're, not. you're not getting another Virtual Fighter. Stop asking for it. I oh. Mm. And I don't want them in Dead or Alive either. Let's be clear about that, because like that, no, that doesn't count either. 
Hey, that's the last time they were in a new game. That was kind of new. That's not. Wasn't that programmed by Ryu Go Taku Studios or something? Yes. Okay. It's the same. I believe it's like the same one that's in like Yakuza 6 or 5. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> yeah, that thing uh, only came out on six. PlayStation. Yeah. Didn't come out anywhere. Yeah, else. that's what sucks about that. Speaking of fighting games, I saw them fighting herds is coming to console soon. What? That's, that's the That's the My Little Pony one, right? Yeah, like the furry fighting game or something. Uh, hey man, more fighting games is always good since Ed Boon won't announce Mortal Kombat twelve. Okay, but sure. no. That doesn't, those two things don't align. You're like, well, you know, more fighting games are good because the good got, the good one isn't coming out, so I'll just fill my time with shit. Dude, we just got KOF 15. We just got well, KOF 15. The important one that's coming, um, is the sequel to Brutal Pauls of Fury. <laughs> Remember when Microsoft had, um, a Smash clone on Xbox Live Arcade. Small arms. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> remember, remember that Smash Killer that was gonna come out in the Nicktoons game? Remember how that one? Dude, they just added Garfield. That shit is goat. Fuck okay. Garfield. <laughs> what? Uh, there's a segment of the internet that would probably take that literally, Anthony. Probably. Yeah, I, I bet there's the fiction out there if you want to read it. Have you, have you seen that weird? Gothfield, I think that's no. what they called it. Oh, no, but I've seen was, Garfield without was, Garfield. That, that's one of the best things ever. I think Jim Davis even like made money off of that somehow. Um, I mean, it's Garfield. I mean, how do you not like the yeah, game? Garfield it has like, Ren and Stimpy and Invader Zim in it. I mean, that's pretty good. Because there's no voices. There's no voices, and that's kind of part of the character. So it's great that they have Garfield, but he doesn't sound like. Bill Murray. Anything, just no sound. <laughs> Bill no. Murray. <laughs> what was the What was the fact no, I read recently that Bill Murray did the voice of Garfield, but he didn't do the voice of Peter Venkman in the cartoon, but instead the voice of Garfield, the cartoon so, did Peter Venkman. Okay. Yes, hold on. It, it's it's uh, Peter Venkman was played by Bill Murray, but in the cartoon it was voiced by Lorenzo Music. Lorenzo Music also voiced Garfield, and come the Garfield movie, Bill Murray voiced Garfield. Yes, there we go. That's that's the inception. That's the seven ways from Kevin Bacon I was looking for. And I believe they even referenced that on an early episode of Rick and Morty, where they go to a dimension that Lorenzo Music is still alive. <laughs> yeah. I. Mm. The world is a weird fucking place. Yes. Uh, I I don't have anything. I do, uh, before we get into the other stuff, I do want to apologize. I don't know what's going on with Apple Podcasts right now. I loaded Phoenix down on Friday. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's on Google. It's in the RSS feed. But it is not on Apple Podcasts, and I don't know why. So it's not an issue with the file that I'm aware of. So hopefully it shows up. Maybe even when the next episode goes live, it'll trigger both of them. I don't know. But that episode is up. So until Apple Podcast gets fixed, go listen to it on Spotify, on YouTube, or on the site. You can just listen to the MP3 right directly off the site. Um, but how many more episodes of that uh, Yakuza 4 you got? One or two? Oh, uh, one more. One more. Okay. And what's next? Control. 
Control. That's right. That should be a short episode or a short set of episodes. I don't think that game's super long. Um, I wouldn't assume so. Probably like twelve to fifteen hours. Not super long. Maybe two, three episodes tops. <sighs> uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at M4G Podcast. If you want to uh, send us an email, send them to podcasts at ztgd.com. You can also follow us. I am at ZTGD. Drew is at DMF Fury. Anthony's a complacent robot, and Ryan is at Wombat RP on the Twitter. Also follow us uh, our site at ZTGD Content. I think I got everything. Maybe. All right, that's all I got for this week. So unless anybody has anything else, we will get out of here. Peace, bitches. Alrighty, and it goes something like this.